0: Today hey, we are in part six of a series that we have called For Your Good, and we are, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So this summer we have been focused in on the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and what He does in our lives, and each week we've been looking at what Jesus said to His disciples. It's been our theme verse, and we're going to read it again today. Uh, it's John 16 and verse 7. Jesus said, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good, somebody say for your good, for your good. that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So, Jesus, we know this. He's telling his disciples, it's better for you, it's for your benefit, it is for your good that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come. And so, we need to know who the Holy Spirit is. We're talking about him in this series. We've been talking about the power that comes from him, freedom, the importance of giving him control of our lives, how he's our helper, um, catching his wind, right? Uh, allowing him last week, allowing him to produce his fruit in our lives and what that looks like in our lives. And so there's a lot we've been talking about in this series today is part six And you can always go back on the podcast and you can listen uh, to those wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen to the podcast. Or if you want to go back on the Church Center app, you can watch it or on YouTube, wherever you want to get the content. But we want you to, to, if you missed one of those, go back and listen to it. Go back and check it out because we believe we've been building on this. But it's important for you to know as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, it's important for you to know who the Holy Spirit is. And what he's doing in you and through you and what he's doing in the earth. And so it's important for you to know that. We want you to have all those messages. Today we're going to begin in a couple of places. I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians 12. And then we're going to be in Romans 12. And then as we go through the message, we're going to be in 1 Peter 4, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 14. A few other places as well. Um, So a lot of scripture we're going to get to today. But I want to talk to you about something very important as we continue this series. So let's start in 1 Corinthians 12 starting in verse 1. Says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Now jump down to verse 27 because Paul goes through. He's talking about the body of Christ and how we're all a part of the body of Christ. i want to jump down to verses 27 and 28. He says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, those, then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. And Now I want to jump over to Romans chapter 12, and I want to start in verse 4 and uh, go through verse 10. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love, to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes. I've titled the message uh, really a question today. What about gifts? What about gifts? I love at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's writing, and he says, and now I'm going to address, I'm going to talk to you about these things that you had questions about. Right? So the Corinthian believers have had some questions. Paul is writing, and he's giving them some direction. He's giving them some insight into these special abilities or these spiritual gifts. And so I want to talk to you about spiritual gifts today. Uh, And I want to give you three things, three points that are really basics regarding spiritual gifts. And it's important for you to know that in 40 to 45 minutes, there is no possible way to go through everything that we could talk about regarding spiritual gifts and how the Holy Spirit operates in our lives and all of these things. There's no way to accomplish all of that in 40 to 45 minutes. However, I do want to give you some basic things, and then at the end of the message, uh, we are going to look through the spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12. There are nine of them, and I want to give you just some definitions and try to help you Um, on a basic level, understand a little bit better these spiritual gifts that Paul was writing about. So here's here's point number one, if you're taking notes. You've got to get this. You've got to get this in your heart, okay? You've got to get it. Here's point number one. Gifts are good. Gifts are good. Why is it so important for you and I to understand that gifts are good? It's because a lot of us have been afraid of something that the Bible refers to as a gift. And we have been terrified, we have have been scared of things that the Bible would refer to. And as Paul is writing, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says there are spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit wants you to have, that God wants you to have in your life. So gifts are good. If these things were crazy things, if they were weird things, if they were strange things, then why would Paul call them gifts? When you think of a gift, you don't think of something weird. When you think of a gift, you don't think of something strange, and you don't even think of something that is going to hurt you, do you? We know this intuitively. When we think about gifts, our natural reaction or our natural response is to think this is a good thing. This is a good thing. When was the last time that someone told you, hey, I want to give you a gift after church, or hey, I want to give you a gift for your birthday or hey I want to give you a gift and your immediate response when they said I want to give you a gift and they're so excited and they're like oh I can't wait to give you this gift and you're like oh no oh no gifts are not good gifts nobody wants a gift you know the last time somebody gave me a gift right N- like we naturally associate gifts with good things When we give gifts at church, right? Well, Father's Day, Mother's Day, these special occasions, and we'll have a gift for everybody who comes in, every lady that comes in, every man that comes in. Nobody goes and buys those gifts and thinks, "Let's get something to hurt everybody," you know, like there's some ulterior, like, like outside motive or whatever. And you, and you know this, you don't walk in thinking, you know, I bet today I've been here for the last few years, and I bet today they're going to give gifts to all the moms, and I bet it's going to be something harmful. I bet I'm like it's gonna be something that's not good for me. You you don't think that. Because when you think about gifts, you think about something that's good. If you have kids, when your kids wake up on Christmas morning and they're ready to open gifts, they're excited. Why? Because gifts are good. Right? If you have a spouse that buys you gifts at Christmas or your birthday, you you wake up and you're excited to see what they got you this year. Why? Because gifts are good, and the Bible refers to these things as spiritual gifts. It's a gift to you. It's a gift to me. It's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to be worried about. They're gifts, and gifts are always good. Jesus himself even said, you know, "If, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, then how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And he's trying to make the point like, hey, anything that comes from your heavenly father is going to be good for it's for your benefit. He's giving good gifts to his kids. Gifts are goods and look are good. And look back at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, we just read it a minute ago in verse 7. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. He says a spiritual gift, there, there's gonna be a spiritual gift that's given to every person for the benefit of the whole. For the benefit of the whole. Of the church for the benefit of other believers for the benefit of the other people around you it's so that we can help each other so that we can help each other when we think about gifts the holy spirit gives us here is my prayer before i go on to point number two is that that you would come to this place in your heart and in your mind that when you think about spiritual gifts that you would see this right here that you would think this is good this is good that i i need this This is good. Okay, the Holy Spirit, there are spiritual gifts that God wants me to have, and they're good. This is good for me. Gifts are good. So here's point number two. We know gifts are good. Here's point number two. Listen, use your gift. Use your gift. Gifts are good. We read it in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that they are to help each other. Use your gift. Now, have you ever received a gift from somebody and never used it? Anybody, anybody ever been moving and you were going through your closet and you came across a gift that somebody had given you three years ago that you never, ever used? Right now, right now, right now, there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and and probably millions of dollars of gift cards floating around that nobody has ever used. And they know this. They know the percentage of people that they will get the money for the gift card. And how many people will never actually use the gift card or they will lose the gift card? How many of you have ever received a gift card? And then like three weeks later, you thought, what did I do with that gift card? And to this day, you don't know what you did to that gift card. And so there is $50 floating out there somewhere that has already been spent for you. And you never used it. And it was a gift that you never used. And how many of us... Have gifts that we are never using. I would say that there are tens and hundreds and thousands of believers that have never used the gifts that they've been given. They've never operated in the gifts that they've been given for the benefit of all. To build each other up, to help encourage one another. Look with me at this is in 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 10. It says that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Gifts are meant to be used. They're meant to be opened, received, opened, and used. Spiritual gifts, we have to use these spiritual gifts so that they can benefit one another, so that they can build up the church. I love the way that Tony Evans, he explains this point in something I was reading. He says, full-service gas stations are hard to find today. Most are self-service. Unfortunately, many attend church like a self-service station. They fill up on preaching and go home until they need more fuel. But God intends his church to be full service with each member providing for the well-being of others. God has intended for the church to function as a body. I don't know if you know this or not, but and this sounds weird. I know this sounds weird. Like this, this concept in our minds to think of the body of Christ, that we're a part of the body, it sounds weird sometimes. But listen, I'm telling you, somebody in here is a finger in the body of Christ. Like somebody in here is an elbow. Somebody in here is a toe. You know, you ever ever lost, like, I haven't lost a big toe, but you ever lost a toe? I've heard people say, like, your balance is off, like, you lost a toe, and that's the way it is in the body of Christ. Some of you are a toe, and you're not using your gift. Some of you are a knee, right? Like, everything fits together, and the Bible teaches us that we all need each other. Some of you think, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. Like, why why does this church keep talking about groups and serving and being around people and being in community and all this? Because we need each other. And some of you haven't gotten it yet and you haven't jumped in yet, but you will. You will. I'm praying for you behind the scenes that you're going to get in a group that you're going to begin to serve and you're going to begin to use your gift. We need each other. Spiritual gifts, it's like we're all a part of the body and every part is doing its function and doing its thing and using what has been given. And I think that there are many of us who don't use the gifts we've been given for a few reasons. And I just want to list three reasons that I felt like the Lord gave me. Uh, The first one, first reason why we don't necessarily use our gifts, maybe some of us, is that we're ignorant about our gift. And ignorance is not, our culture has made ignorance a bad word. Ignorant just means you just don't know. You don't know. You don't know what you don't know. It's not a bash against you, but sometimes we've, we've never been taught about spiritual gifts. We've never been taught what they're all about. Sometimes we don't even recognize a gift that we have, right? We're, we're reading some scripture today, and some of you, like, already, the light bulb's gone off, and you're like, I didn't even know that was a gift. Like, I just saw that in the verse, and I didn't even know that that was a gift. I didn't even know that that was something that I enjoy doing that, but that's actually a spiritual gift. That's actually a gift that God has given me, and that's why I enjoy doing that. Sometimes we haven't ever practiced in the gift that we have. It's like, well, practice in the gift that we have, yeah, like, there is a such, there's such a thing as practicing in the gifts that you've received. Practicing. How many of you, if you have the gift of speaking, you would never practice? And you would just, well, just winging it. Just winging it. Like, you need to practice. Jesus, I love this, because Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, it's Matthew 5 or 6, one of those two, he's talking about, and he, 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 says, he says this statement, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by others. Did you catch the wording? Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, which means we can practice our righteousness. He's just saying don't do it with the wrong motive. Don't do it to be seen by other people. And then he goes through the list of when you give, do it this way. When you, you, know, when you fast, do it this way. When you pray, do it this way. Like, these are things that we practice our righteousness, but don't do it for the wrong reason. Do it because it's something that God has given you the ability to do. So sometimes we need to practice, and some of us, we've just never practiced in the gift that we have, and we've thought, man, I think that might be something that God wants me to operate in, something God might want me to do, but I don't even know what that looks like, and what does it look like to, and we've just never even stepped out in faith to even give it a shot. We've never talked to anybody to say, hey, can you help me understand this better? So we're ignorant about our gift. That's, That's reason number one. Here's reason number two I think that some of us don't use our gifts is we're timid. We're timid. Sometimes it just makes us nervous to use our gift. Anybody ever realize that you have a spiritual gift and it's like, but you just get, you ever ever felt like the Lord was leading you to do something and you started sweating and you were nervous and you talked yourself out of it and you're like, oh, they're going to think I'm weird. And, And you're just timid to step out and do what it is that God's telling you to do. I think it's the same way with spiritual gifts. A lot of times we're just, we're nervous about it. You know, what if I miss it? What if I miss it? Well, what if you never try? What if you never even start operating in the thing that God has has put inside of you? Well, I'm just nervous. What if I I look stupid? What if I don't say it right? What if I don't say the right thing? What if I do it wrong, right? I think that so many of us, listen, so many of us are so much more concerned about what other people are going to think about us than we are being obedient to Christ. And we don't do things that we know the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. Because we are afraid of how we're going to look and what other people are going to think. And we have got to stop being so afraid. We fear people more than we fear God. I have more respect and, and consideration for what you're going to think of me than I do for what God is going to think of me. And what God is leading me to do. And so many of us, we are fearing people and we are so timid and we're so scared to operate in something that we think that the Lord is giving us to do. And so it could be that we just don't know. It could be that we're timid. And here's, here's what I think. This, this might be a big one. I don't know. It's one that I felt like the Lord gave me. We're just too busy. We're not operating our gifts because we're just too busy. We're too busy. We've got too much going on. Sometimes we don't use our gifts because we're too busy with things that aren't even eternal things. And I'm not against. Listen. We have four kids, and we're doing all the things, I promise you. I mean, I'm looking at our schedule right now thinking, "Mm, we might need to cut something out. (laughs) Because I don't know how we're going to fit all this in, and we're going to be running different directions or whatever. But listen, here's what we have also also tried really hard to teach our kids, is that God will always be number one. And so if anything starts taking the place of God in our lives, and Him being the priority, it's got to go. We can't play 17 sports because... God's got to be number one are you with me and I'm not against anything I love sports I love sports just as much as the next person in this room I love my kids being a part of things I love fit, like, I love hanging out with people I love doing all these things but listen listen to me some of us some of us maybe not all of us but some of us have crammed our lives so full that we do not have space to obey God We have, listen, can we just be real for a minute? We have crammed our schedule so full that we don't have time to be obedient. We have crammed our finances so full, so jam-packed that we cannot even be obedient when God asks us to do something. And it's not that we don't want to. I think that most of us want to. But we have to realize, I've I've got to have some space in my life, where God can operate through me. I think that sometimes we don't use the things that God has given us because we're just too busy. We're too busy sometimes to gather on Sunday, which you ought to give yourselves a hand. Come on, the weather outside, and you just went on and came to church this morning, right? But sometimes we're just, we're, we're too busy. We're too busy to gather. We're too busy to take a moment to be obedient during the week. We're too busy To do anything other than just, you know, be here for an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half on a Sunday. And listen, this is not, nobody is mad at you. This is not a condemnation session. This is just, this is me asking you. Maybe you need to ask the question. Are we too busy? Is there too much going on? Like we have so much in us that God wants to use us to do. And we cannot do it because we don't have space to do it. We don't have, it's like we want to, but maybe we need to look at the calendar, and maybe we need to look at our finances, and maybe we need to look at everything in our lives and be like, okay, how can we make sure, okay, how can we make sure that God is number one in every single one of these areas of our lives? How can we make sure that God gets the number one priority in every area of our life? And Jesus even said, he said, listen, seek first the kingdom. Many of us are seeking all the things, trying to make sure we get to do all the things. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Everything else will be added to you. Everything that you need, but I also also think that God knows the desires of our heart. And I think that God has a better way of fulfilling those things in our lives than we do trying to cram it all in. So here's here's the point. Make God number one. Make God number one. He has spiritual gifts. You, You can't be too busy to be a part of the body. You're a part of the body of Christ, and we need you. We need you. We need what God has put on the inside of you. We need you. So be a part of the body. We don't receive spiritual gifts and abilities to just sit on them. We need to use the gifts that we've been given to help and serve each other. And I'll say this. If you're not, if you're not serving in the church, I fully believe you should be. But let me, let me qualify this statement. Because many of you have grown up in in situations, and if this is your first time here, we love you and we're so glad that you're here. Come back next week. (laughs) (sighs) But some of you have grown up in church situations where they were always wanting something from you. Just always wanting something from you. Listen, I don't ask you to serve. We can use... There is space in this church for you to serve. I promise. We need more greeters. We need more people working in the cafe. We need more people serving in kids and loving on those kids and teaching them. We need more people serving in our middle school ministry. We need, like, you got a gift in musically, like, more people on the worship team. I mean, there is plenty of space for you to serve. Don't you walk in here and think, well, they just got it all figured out, and I don't, they don't need me. No, we need you. You're a part of the body. You're a part of the body. But listen, we... I want you to serve because you have something inside of you that can benefit somebody else. There is something, you have a gift in you. There's something in you that God is wanting to use to benefit other people. You have something to give. You have something to give. And when you don't serve and when you don't get involved and when you don't do these things, then you are, you're not only robbing yourself of being able to be used, but you might be robbing somebody else of the benefit of serving alongside you and them experiencing the gift that God has put inside of you. That's why it's not because we just need volunteers, we need volunteers, we need volunteers. We are always going to need volunteers. The church is operated on Volunteers. It's amazing how God created it, that we would all come together and we would all do our part and we would pitch in and we would serve here and we would do this and that or whatever and kids would be ministered to and teenagers would be ministered to and adults would be ministered to and we would get to worship together and we would get to hear teaching and we would get to, you know, see friendly faces and drink coffee, come on somebody. All because somebody's using their gift. You have a gift, you have something to offer to the people around you. Don't don't withhold what God has put inside of you that you have to offer to other people. That's why you need to be in Next Steps. If you've never been to Next Steps, our next one is in August. The first two Sundays in August. Step one and step two. Step one, we go through our mission and vision and how we're structured as a church and how we handle things here. And step two is all about our ministries and how you can get involved and what it looks like to serve and and what our expectations are. Like, you don't have to go in blind. We'll give you all the information up front for you to make a decision. You just have to attend the class. That's why we feel like it's so important For you to do that. And if you're looking to get involved, that's the way that you can get involved. God intends for the gifts that He's given us to be the gifts that keep on giving. And He's put something in you that it would just keep on giving. Keep on benefiting people around you. Keep on building up people around you. Keep on helping people around you. So we know gifts are good and we need to use our gifts. And then here's point number three. We'll spend a little time on this one. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 13, a few verses, and then we're going to jump over to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1, Paul says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all the, the, of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Paul's making the point, he says, you know what, love is more important. Love is more important. You ever Have you ever heard of like a clanging cymbal? You ever heard a crashing cymbal? We kind of like, ours are in a cage and there's microphones on them and so it can be condensed so that it doesn't, you know, like blow you away and, and kill you with that sound, but we have, we have drums in our garage, and our, our boys are learning how to play drums, and this is an acoustic set of drums in our garage, and they're learning, and they're out there practicing, they're doing their thing or whatever, and have you ever been around just a, clank, just a si- constant symbol, or maybe you grew up, maybe you, you, you were in band when you were in high school or whatever, you know, it's like the psh, psh. you know what Paul's saying? He's saying you can do all the things you want, and you can operate in every spiritual gift that you want to, but if you don't have love, you're just this, psh, Everywhere that you go, it's just this clanging symbol, this clanging symbol because you don't love people. This clanging symbol. Well, you can, you can, he says, I can speak in every language I want to. And if I don't love people, it's no good. I can operate in everything that I want to operate in. I can operate in the gift of prophecy. I can know all of God's thoughts and his secret plans. I could have faith to say to a mountain, move and let it move. But if I don't have love, it's nothing. It's nothing. I'm just a noisy cymbal or a clanging gong. That's a pretty strong wording. And Paul's making the point, he says, listen, above all else, listen, love. Love is the goal. In fact, after he goes through this list, you know 1 Corinthians 13, many of us know it as the love chapter. This is how Paul starts it off, and then he goes into love is this, and love is this, and love is not this, and love is not this, and love does not do this, but it does do this. And we go through that whole thing. At the very end of that, Paul says three things are going to last forever. It's faith, hope, and love. And then he makes this statement immediately afterward. He's talking about love, and in 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. I love the way the Christian, Christian standard Bible says it this way. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. In other words, Paul says, in light of everything I've just told you, right? In First Corinthians 12 spiritual gifts this is let me i don't want you to be ignorant about these things here the. here are the gifts this is how this works this is how the body works this is how all of these things operate in 13 he says but i'm going to show you more excellent way and in 13 he goes through all about love all about love all about love all about love 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 you need love in your life and then to start chapter 14 off he says love should be the highest goal and you should also pursue and desire these special abilities that the spirit gives but if you're not desiring them and being led by love if you're not pursuing love first if love is not the priority if love is not the highest goal then all of these things are just noise they're just noise it's got to be done in love it's got to be love in, done in love so i want to talk about this pursuing love and desiring spiritual gifts for just a moment let's talk about pursuing love for just a moment here's what we have to understand and remember about love is that love is superior to spiritual gifts Love is, if you don't have love, you have nothing. It's just noise. Paul said that, that we can do all the things that we want to do. We can use all the gifts that we, want to, that we want to use. But if we don't have love, it's just a bunch of noise. And why is love so important? A couple of things really quickly. I think that love enables us to understand and utilize spiritual gifts in the right way. When you're seeing through the eyes of love, when love is the highest goal, when you're seeking how you can love other people to the best of your ability, the way that God loves everybody, then you'll see through that lens, you'll operate through that lens, you'll be able to understand and utilize spiritual gifts in the right way. And here's the second thing, when we exercise spiritual gifts without love, we tend to exalt ourselves, which is contrary to love. When, when love is not the highest goal, when we operate in things, sometimes we have a tendency to do it in a way that Jesus said not to do it. We do it in a way that tries to exalt ourself. will look at the gift that I have. Look at what I can do. Look at what God is doing through me. And that's not the way that God wants us to operate in spiritual gifts. It's to operate in love. It's that everything, I have this gift, and you have a 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 gift, and it's all for the common good. It's all to benefit and help one another. We have to pursue God because God is love. As we pursue God, then he has gifts through the Holy Spirit for us to operate in. And trying to use the gifts without pursuing God and without love, we have a tendency to cause confusion, and God is not a God of confusion. Now let's talk about desiring spiritual gifts for a moment. Why should we desire them? Why should we desire them? And maybe, maybe you've read this before. Maybe you have never known that the Bible said that you are actually to desire the things that some of us have been afraid of. And Paul says, no, you need to desire. You need to desire these things. We've already looked at this verse a couple of times, but I want to look at it one more time. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift, I'm hoping this is getting in your heart, is given to each of us so we can help each other. Why do we need to desire these gifts? Is so we can help each other. So that we can operate in a way that is helping and beneficial for each other. I believe that God's desire is for us to operate in the gifts that he has given us because it's a way that we love each other well. It's a way that we help each other. And in my opinion, I think we can say it this way, that love is the goal and spiritual gifts are a way to love and help each other. Love is the goal Love is the highest priority, and operating in these spiritual gifts, they're given to us so that we can love each other well, so that we can operate in them, and build each other up, and help each other every single day. And so I want to briefly look at um, the nine spiritual gifts that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 12, and to the best of my ability, I'm going to give you a definition, Um, but I would encourage you to continue to study, continue to read about, continue to seek out, and desire these things in your life. So here's the, here's the first one, is a word of wisdom. It's where God gives supernatural insight for a specific situation, which is shared with a person dealing with a problem. I think that this could even be that, that all of a sudden you, you did not understand something, and maybe somebody asks a question, or maybe somebody brings something to the table, and in that moment, God gives you wisdom to speak into that. That God gives you the ability, even though you may have never known anything about this before, or maybe you've been studying or whatever, and all of a sudden this rises up in you, and you have a word of wisdom for somebody. God gives supernatural insight for a specific situation. Word of knowledge is the second one. God reveals information to you that can help another person, and sharing this information encourages the hear. And maybe you've experienced this before. But and all of these things build up. Every one of them builds up. There's not anything in this list that doesn't build up. It's all about building up. But word of knowledge, maybe you've experienced this before where somebody came up to you. You ever had somebody come up to you or maybe you were on your way to church. You were driving and you were asking the Lord, God, I just need your guidance. I need you to show me something, like send somebody to me or whatever. And then somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I just feel like I have a word from the Lord for you. I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. And it's something and you look at them and you think there's no way they could have known that about my life. There's no way they could have known that about my life. I don't know them on that level. There's no way. That is the Holy Spirit giving them a gift to be able to to use that to help you. It's a good thing. It's a word of knowledge. The next one is faith. It's a supernatural ability to trust in God for the miraculous, even or usually during a time when circumstances don't look good. And I know we're all saved by grace through faith, but there is a gift of faith. That in situations that maybe you've experienced before in your life where you were in a situation but you were just full of faith. It was like you were operating in faith. Everybody else was worried around you and you were like, I'm not worried at all. I have just this supernatural, I can't even explain it, faith to believe that God's going to do what he said he was going to do. And we're going to pray for it and we're going to believe for it. It's a gift of faith. The next one is gifts of healings. It's the ability to pray for those who need restoration, maybe from physical, mental, or spiritual Illnesses, right? That that God can allow us to operate in this to where we can pray for somebody and we can see them healed. We can pray for somebody and mental illness can be gone. Depression can be gone. That you know, something something inside somebody's body, some disease or illness that it can be gone, they can be healed in Jesus' name. The next one is miracles. It's a supernatural enabling of power over natural laws in a specific situation. Now, how many of you know, if you've ever seen a miracle, you know that you can't explain a miracle. If you've ever seen a miracle, you can't explain a miracle. And some of us have a hard time wrapping our minds around this because we know that there are natural laws. This works this way, and this works this way, and this works this way. And when we see something that is not abiding by the natural laws, and somebody is healed, or somebody's broken leg is just mended on the spot, or, listen, financial miracle. Some of you have prayed for a financial miracle before, and you're like, this isn't the way that it works. Like, this just doesn't get erased. This just doesn't get taken care of, but God came through and there was a miracle that happened in your life. And sometimes, listen, God can give us the ability to pray for people and see miracles happen. See supernatural things happen. It's not a weird thing. It's a spiritual gift. It's a gift that comes from God. Here's the next one. The next one is prophecy. It's the gift of speaking a message from God for the edification, exhortation, and consolation of believers. Here's what you need to know about prophecy. And you've heard people get on this platform and they've said like, hey, I feel like I have a word for somebody or, or whatever. And, and, and maybe you've watched TV shows where it's like prophetic or you've read books or whatever the thing is. Here's what you need to know about prophecy. Prophecy is always edifying. Prophecy is always edifying. I don't believe God will ever send somebody to you to look you in the face and be like, I have a word from God for you, and this is prophetic over your life. You are a terrible person, and you need to get it together, and you need to get it figured out, and you need to, like, that, that's, not, that's not somebody speaking a prophetic word over you. In my opinion, this is my opinion, and we can edit this from the podcast if we need to, but in my opinion, I think that's somebody who just got in the flesh. Prophecy is edifying. It's building up. It's encouraging. It's that you walk away and you're like, I know God's doing something in my life. I can't believe he spoke that to me. I can't believe he spoke that over me. I can't believe that that was the word that was given to me. It's an encouraging thing. It's an edifying thing. And listen, the Bible even teaches us that it's God's kindness and goodness that leads us to repentance. God is not trying to beat you over the head. And he's not going to, listen, like, it's kindness and goodness that leads people to repentance, not harshness. We've got to get this. When was the last time that somebody was completely rude to you and mean to you in Jesus' name, and you walked away saying, like, I need to change my life. I want to be like that. That's, that's what I'm aspiring to be. I want to be a Jesus follower like that right there. That's what I want to be. But, when was, but think about it. Maybe this is even part of your story. When, when you weren't living for the Lord, and maybe somebody just did something for you. Maybe somebody just loved you, and somebody was just kind to you, and somebody just did something good for you, and you walked away and you thought, huh, I don't know if I know what that was, but I kind of like it. And then somebody else came along your path, and they did something kind for you, and they spoke a kind word to you or whatever, and over time, you just began to think like, maybe... Maybe, I, maybe my life does need to change. Maybe I do need what they have. Maybe I do need, maybe, maybe something does need to be different. Right? It's when you realize how good and kind God is to you, even when you don't deserve it, that you, makes you want to change. That you realize, I don't deserve any of this. I don't, de- like none at all but God has been so good to me. He sent his son to die for me before, while I was still a sinner and I haven't been living for him and God loves me this much that he would send somebody to do this or to do that or whatever and I realize how good and kind God is that it makes me want to, like all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, that's what, it's, it's leading me to Jesus. It's kindness and goodness and that's why prophetic words, they're gonna be kind, they're gonna be good, they're gonna be edifying, they're gonna be exhorting. The next one is discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Now, um, I heard I was listening to a teaching on this a while back, and uh, and there's a confusion a lot of times because sometimes we'll say discernment. This is not discernment, you know. Like you ever heard somebody say, "Well, I have the spiritual gift of discernment." You know, I can, and and usually it's not a good thing. (laughs) Whenever you hear that, usually there's something not good that comes behind that. This is discerning of spirits, and it's the ability to discern evil spirits and when deception is taking place. You ever. You ever been in a situation and somebody was saying something, somebody was doing something or whatever, and, and there was something on the inside of it and you were like, that just doesn't sit right. I don't think, I don't think the motive behind that is good. I don't, that's, that's a gift. That's a gift where you're able to discern between the Holy Spirit and some other spirit that's trying to operate. It's the gift of discerning of spirits. The next one is our favorite one. It's tongues. Come on, can we all just say that out loud? Everybody just say it together just to say one, two, three. Tongues. Oh my goodness, that's so scary. <laughs> Some of us though, we have been. We've been scared of this and, and it's, it's so intimidating to us. And I want to try, I want to do my best to try to tell you what I believe is the difference between the gift of tongues and praying in the spirit in just a moment. But the tongues is the ability to pray to God in a language that you haven't learned it's a language you don't know it's a language you don't understand it's a language on the day of Pentecost right they're they're in the upper room and the Holy Spirit comes and they're all speaking in unknown languages and everybody around understands what they're saying and they're thinking how in the world can these people know our language they don't speak our language but God's speaking to them through this person speaking a language that they don't even know it's the gift of tongues now I believe that, that the gift of tongues and praying in the Spirit, I think that they are two different things. I think that the gift of tongues is meant to have an interpretation that edifies the church. It's something that, it's, it's a gift that somebody can operate in, that the Holy Spirit can use in a moment to that comes with interpretation. In fact, the Bible would even teach us that if you're going to do that, you ought to be praying for the interpretation so that you can interpret what was just said because otherwise it didn't help anybody. It didn't help anybody. And I even think, this this can be, um, I don't have it in my notes, but basically Paul is making the, uh, the, the correlation between praying the gift of tongues and prophecy. That if there's an interpretation, it's like prophecy. But prophecy would be better if you're not going to interpret what was, what was said. And so I've heard people differentiate it this way. They'll say, okay... Like, we, we can all pray in our heavenly language, but we're not prophesying in tongues. This isn't somebody giving a message in tongues. This isn't somebody, you know, operating in the gift of tongues. This is something that inside of us, we have a prayer language that God has given us where we can pray. And sometimes, listen, and, and, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't. I think we've told this before, but there are a lot of times right down here before I'm coming up on this stage, I'm praying in the Spirit. Because I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to speak through me. And, and there's nothing weird about that. I'm building myself up. I'm praying the perfect will of God in that moment. And sometimes when, when we don't know what to pray, my wife and I will talk about this sometimes. We don't know what to pray. We'll just pray in the Spirit. So let the Holy Spirit pray through us because He knows. He knows the answer. He knows what we need. He knows what we need to be praying. And so sometimes we just pray in the Spirit. But the gift of tongues would be something like in a church setting or in a gathered setting or whatever where somebody would give a message that would be interpreted for the benefit of the people there. And I believe that's the difference, that praying in the Spirit is something I do to edify myself and pray the perfect will of God. And then here's the last one, interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. The ability to interpret a message or prayer spoken in tongues. I want to bring the worship team back. and come help me in today. Um, Now, I've heard people say, and maybe, and listen, I I don't want to split hairs with anybody, so please don't send me an email later this week. I'm going to give you what what I feel um, the Lord gave me to give you. I've heard people say, and I've had conversations with people, and I've heard people teach or whatever, that there are some gifts that have gone away, okay? Maybe you grew up this way. Maybe this is what, you know, the church you grew up in believed. Maybe it's like, okay, there was a certain time and a place for that, and now we no longer have that, and that gift fell away. But, and I've never completely been able to understand that because some gifts didn't and some gifts did. But I, I think I want to read you a scripture that when I came across this scripture, it settled in my spirit that I believe that these gifts are still active today. I believe these gifts are for us Today, and this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I want to start in verse 4. It says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you, now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way, with all of, the, all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. And look at verse 7. Now you have every spiritual gift you need, as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you have every spiritual gift that you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what I believe. I believe we have every spiritual gift that we need and we will have them until Jesus returns. That we are, we are to operate in them, we are to use them to build each other up, to help each other, and that they are here and they are active until Jesus comes back, until the return of Christ. And I believe that, that these spiritual gifts, they're available we just have to receive them. We just have to receive them. And if there's nothing else that you hear, I hope that you hear today that these things are for the good of everybody around us. It's to build up, it's to edify the church, it's to help the people around us. This is why God says, Hey, I've got gifts for you that I want you to use because they're gonna help you. They're gonna help each other. You're gonna be able to help each other. You're gonna be able to build each other up. Every one of these spiritual gifts, they're good every one of them are for use, every one of them are to be desired, every one of them operate out of love, and every one of them benefit the church. Will you stand to your feet this morning? As we end today, I want to encourage you for a moment, because I I want, I believe that for some of us, the Holy Spirit is reframing some things during this series, that there have been some things that have been reframed, there have been some things that Um, Maybe you've even left here and you've gone home and studied for yourself to try to figure out a little more about that But I think the Holy Spirit is reframing some things as we've been going through this series and listen I just want to tell you there is no need for you to be afraid of spiritual gifts There's no need for you to be afraid of spiritual gifts And maybe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to reframe in your heart today is it something that would settle inside of you that's like, I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be afraid of these spiritual gifts. Listen, you don't have to be scared when you hear someone speaking in tongues or praying in the Spirit because that's a gift that came from God. Who loves you? My goodness, if we believe that God loves us unconditionally and and the, the Scripture is true and that what Jesus said, that hey, when you ask, like He has good gifts that He wants to give you, and we know how to do that even as earthly parents, but how much more does God know how to give good gifts to his kids you don't have to panic when someone prophesies to you because that gift came from a God who loves you you don't have to feel like your gift of helping other people isn't as important as somebody else's gift or something else because that gift came from a God who loves you You don't have to be concerned when you see a miracle happen in someone's life because that gift came from a God who loves you. You shouldn't feel less than because someone you know is always giving generously, right? And it's like, man, I want that in my life. And they're just always giving, and they're giving of themselves, and they're giving of their finances, and they're building the kingdom. I want that. You don't have to feel less of yourself in that moment. No, that gift came from a God who loves you and loves them, and he's using that gift to build us up. To edify, to build up, to encourage so that we can help one another. You don't have to be afraid of spiritual gifts at no other point in our lives have we probably ever thought of a gift as something to be afraid of. And I think that the Bible is so, I think that they're called gifts for a reason. Because we need to open it up, we need to use it, but it's also like like the, the Lord is just saying today like they're called gifts because you don't have to be afraid you don't have to be fearful you can receive the gift you can use the gift you can allow the Holy Spirit to work through you and operate, you operate in that gift in specific moments, come on it's the Holy Spirit who decides who gets what and what moment and how it's used and all that and we just get to be obedient and use what God has given us to use, amen so I want invite the prayer team down and I want to pray for you and then we're going to give you an opportunity to pray. If you need prayer for anything in your life, we love, we love the opportunity to pray with you. Maybe you've got, maybe there's something from the message and you're like, man, I just need, maybe you've had a wall up when it comes to spiritual gifts and you've been fearful for whatever reason. And you just want somebody to pray with you and agree with you that, man, that wall would come down and that you would be open to everything that God has for your life. I like to say it this way, I want everything that God has for me, nothing that He, that he doesn't. And if it's from God, I want it. I want it. I want it in my life because it's for my good. It's for my good. So Lord, right now, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the gifts that you have given to your church for us to use and operate in to help one another, to build one another up. Lord, I pray in this moment that, Holy Spirit, you would do what only you can do and that you would would work on our hearts today, that we would give you permission to maybe reframe some things or show us something different or open us up to what it is that maybe we've never been open to before. And I pray in this moment as we sing this last song, that if there's anybody here who needs prayer for anything in their life, financial need, marriage need, something going on with their kids, something going on at work or whatever, Lord, that pride would not stand in the way, but Lord, that they would step out of their seat and they would receive prayer and Holy Spirit and draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life in Jesus' name. Amen.